From high atop the Rocky Mountains, it's the Barbarian Prophet. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I don't know if you all miss me, but I have been kind of MIA of late. I went out to California and I don't have any guests on today. You guys are stuck with just me, so I'm saving you a bunch of time. If you want to, don't want to just listen to the old Barbarian Prophet, then you can just uh, uh, skip forward to the next one because I'm sure I'll have a guest by then. But uh, it's uh, just a couple days after Reformation. It's November 2nd that I'm going to be putting this one out. Uh, the reason I haven't been on the air, like I had made mention previously, is that I'm going to be uh, in and out for a little bit. I was finishing up some school, which for those of you that listen, I wonder if I ever finished up my um, schooling. I did. So now we're going to start working towards ordination within the North American Lutheran Church. So that's some new and exciting stuff. But <clears throat> I got to tell you, one of the more exciting things that has happened real recently is that uh, out in California, I was able to meet some very, very incredible people. I went out to a church in Vacaville. That's called Old Cowtown. I went out there and met with uh, Ryan, uh, who happens to be the head pastor of a church called The Mission. And when I was out there, they asked me to end up speaking uh, about, you know, what we're doing here in the Lutheran faith and how Bert ended up in that after being coming from such a charismatic end of Christianity. And how do those two things look? So I don't have, um, I wish I had a really good solid answer other than this simple answer, which is God sent me in there. So that's where I'm at. And I'm extremely comfortable with being there. Uh, going through the school process has been a real, uh, challenge because you have to really view and seek things out in the scripture and make sure that things are lining up because before I would agree to anything uh, being ordained in there, it had to be biblically on point. But, uh, you know, we've had a few other things that we've uh, seen in the church here lately with some great uh, marriages happening and we've had some people... Um, uh, getting uh, graduated from uh, confirmation class. And so those things are, are tie me up a little bit. So sometimes I don't always get to make it to the microphone. But a couple of things that have happened uh, that I would like to share with you is when I was out in California, I ended up meeting a gentleman out there by the name of Magnus Sund. And his last name is spelled S-U-N-D. And the reason I give you Magnus Sund's name spelling is because I'd strongly recommend you look him up on YouTube and listen to a few things he has to say. He come to us out of Sweden, and um, he had invited my wife and I over there, so we're going to try to figure out how to go over there here in this coming year, uh, if time will allow. Um but when we head over there, this guy has an amazing ministry where he ends up ministering to people at uh, all over the place. It doesn't matter where you're at, but there's one specific one where he is with uh, at a rock concert. And uh, they have like straight up demonic worship at this rock concert. But he will step in and start um, him and several of his people will start stepping into praying over and working with people in the crowd and bringing thousands in the midst of demonic worship will bring them to Christ. Uh, 
And the reason is because even in that darkness, the light of Jesus is shining through. So don't ever think to yourself for a moment that you don't have it in you in the darkest of places that you can speak. I, I listen to what he had to say. And then I listen to other people say, well, I don't like to bring up, uh, you know, Jesus in the workplace, uh, or talk about religion at my school, etc. And, you know, the thing is, is if you're invited into any of those areas and you have full permission to do that. And if somebody opens up the door, then that discussion can be had. And, you know, even when it comes to the school system, um, you know, I, I've been going into the school system for several years now. And uh, here in the United States, believe it or not, right here in Casper, Wyoming, and have been asked to come in and read or something to that effect. And one of the things that I read at one point was uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 27, actually. And when I was done, the teacher said, hey, I think we're kind of pushing boundaries. And I said, you don't, you have a problem with poetry or you just have a problem with who wrote the poetry or do you have a problem with the context of the poetry? Because that is a poem or a song. And she goes, well, I, I don't have anything to argue with that. So we went ahead and went on and I actually ended up reading a couple more times in that class over the next few years. So it it all depends on how you approach things. Now, one of the other things that we got going on is uh, when I was out there and talking with um, Magnus, and he was praying over Christy and myself. He was uh, he's very prophetic, and for those of you that don't know what that means, it means that. The Lord, as he's praying, he allows the Lord to say what the Lord got to say. And it's funny how it always lines up with A, God's word, because it should. And B, it starts to line up with things going on in your life that probably he did not know. But one of the things that he did mention was that there would be major changes coming into Christy and I's lives. And, uh, you know, with me, that's always a strong possibility, but even more so, he got very, very specific about some things that I had in my past that I had buried very much, which was the Viking spirit or that Nordic belief, and uh, because that was my religion before. So I had put all that stuff away and tucked it in a trunk and wrapped it up and threw it deep inside a hole somewhere and said, I, I can never, ever visit any of that stuff again. And as he was praying over me, he specifically said that I had done that, done just that, had wrapped things up, tied it up, and threw it away, thinking it was never to be used. But it is par partly one of the ways God had made me to be the kind of adventurer, the be a, a warrior spirit, to be the kind of a person that is unafraid to go into the place where nobody can see, to be unafraid to go forward. And he said, don't ever think that God doesn't redeem the things that you might have uh, messed up. And so, you know, I, I'm telling you this for, for you. Sometimes you need to take a look at the things you think that you needed to put away and take a look at why did you do that, and how did that work? Because God sometimes redeems those things, not sometimes, most of the time redeems them and starts to put them into place. The other thing that uh, he was talking about was a guy by the name of uh, Boo Yertz, 
And just for us Americans, it looks like Bo, B-O, Geertz, with a G, uh, I-E-R-T-Z. Uh, Bo Geertz is the way we would say it, but Bo Geertz is the way you say it in Swedish. And uh, he said he was very famous over there. And I said, yeah, I know who he is over here, too. And uh, he was he was a kind of a, a bishop, a Swedish Lutheran bishop that actually had a combination of the liturgy. He talked about the liturgy and um, which we'll call the scholastic, the very educated end of things, and which is yeah, we'll go there. So he talked about the scholastic and the mystic being slammed together in the liturgy, and that liturgy and the awakened soul were not enemies of each other, but actually should mirror each other. And as he was talking, I had read these things before, but he did not know that I had read these things before. And he specifically said over me, this is something you're going to be bringing into the Lutheran faith. And I found that very, very interesting because I'm just a pastor here in little bitty old Wyoming. And uh, so uh, this will be interesting to see what God does with these words. But, you know, starting to understand what it means to be a true person of the kingdom as opposed to a person of a denomination. That is something I'm familiar with. We don't have to be uh, trapped uh, in any one single mindset. And one of the things that Martin Luther actually said was a Reformation should keep reforming. You know, we should continue to uh, view things. He took it as far as he could take it, and I, I we've seen other parts of the body uh, move it further. One of the things that uh, when we take a look at how far will he take us, how far will God take us? When we take a look at some of these things and God's walking you down the road, what happens when you stay solid in his word and alive in his spirit and you make sure that your soul is being filled with the things of God and that you're you're spending your time uh, basking in his glow, so to speak? What happens when that has taken place? Um, you know, uh, Moody once said, the world has never seen a man that's totally dedicated himself to Christ. And he's absolutely right, because Jesus said, uh, you know, you could have the mustard size or um, faith the size of a mustard seed and be able to tell a mountain to be thrown into the sea, and we haven't seen that yet. And you know, the funny thing is, is with that term mustard seed, it doesn't mean the smallest thing around, even though that is what is being said, and that's what's been preached by many people, is it is simply just the smallest thing. When the truth is, is that it's a no matter what size it is, it's a hundred percent of everything it needs to be. One of the things that we've got to do as Christians is start being a hundred percent of what we're supposed to be. And I'm not calling you out to say that you have a ton of work to do to make changes to yourself, but you need to be an authentic part of yourself every day. And that means when you mess up, don't be afraid to uh, seek uh, help in uh, getting straightened up. Uh, I've been teaching at the mission for years, and I just finished uh, phase one with a collective of people, about 30 people in the room. And... uh, 
it was uh it's amazing because i've got people coming into that room that are not even in the class but they don't ever miss it and i've got other people that have graduated that come back and come to that class because what they do is spend time in god's word and they need to be encouraged that god has more for them so what i'm telling you is that when you're your authentic self, you give permission to everybody else to be their authentic self, to be the person in which God has created them to be. And we all don't look the same, that's for sure. And those folks, they don't look the same from each other, and we don't, in in our denominations or non-denominations, we all don't look or preach or act the same. But there's a couple of things that remain the same no matter what. One, is that the only way you're ever going to get saved is through your belief in Jesus Christ. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. You'll never be filled with the Holy Spirit outside of Jesus Christ. Those are things that I know to be an actual fact. The other thing that will take place is that as you you take a look at your life with Jesus Christ, is that... You need to weigh into things, am I doing this for myself or do I think I'm building God up or holding him up? If you're doing it for self, you're probably not doing it right because you'll end up self-serving. And I'm talking about doing ministries and stuff to that effect. And the other thing is that when it comes down to you doing um, things that you think God needs from you, you need to remember you're not big enough to hold him up. He is God. He is the creator of you. You are not the creator of him. And so as we start to take a look at some of these other little things like uh, ministries, period, and and the reason I mention this is because I I have been a prison minister uh, for 11 years. And uh, people had started to uh, associate me as just being a prison minister. Uh, They... Uh, It's funny how people will all of a sudden not see you as, uh, uh, you know, you're not a true leader of a church or anything. You're you're in there ministering to people that are incarcerated. But I'm going to tell you something. We had a full-blown ministry in there that had its own church, and uh, they functioned very, very well. And uh, in recent days, and very, very recently, as in the tail end of this last month, I went ahead and resigned from that, not because uh, there was any problems, but because I'm feeling called out of there now. And it was amazing to see people that started arguing with me about quitting working in that ministry because they were like, what are those guys going to do without you? Well, number one, they should have never been depending on me. We depend on Jesus Christ. And then the next thing they would ask, well, what are you going to do outside of the prison? Um, In case you've never, ever noticed, I am currently running a church, and I still teach at a mission. I still have a county jail ministry, along with the other things God is preparing me for. My ministry is not my identity, and your ministry is not your identity. If we are doing it for an identity, then we are self-serving there. And if we're doing that, it is going to create us a very bad problem because we will always self-seek. So here's the other part of that. Moms, 
you're out there and you say, well, man, I, I don't go and minister anywhere because I'm taking care of the kids all the time. Trust me, that is a ministry. The other part of that is dads. When you go, man, I barely get any time to go to church, but I, I do on the days that I can. On the other days, I'm stuck working out at the plant. I'm stuck working out in the oil field. I'm stuck working at the shop, etc. You know what? We get it. That's a part of ministry, too, is you've got to help your family survive. But here's the thing with all of those situations. Those are a part of ministry, but also making sure your kids see that you make time to go to church. You make time to read your Bible. You spend time, even if arguing with each other, that you take time to also show each other great respect. You know, being a Christian isn't about what you read, where you go, so on and so forth. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship should always be shown up. It should always be showing up. It should always be showing up. And the reason I say that is because I know that when I'm around strong Christian folks, that it will be five minutes and we cannot help but discussing something that God is doing, to recognize his holiness, to recognize the beautiful things he's doing in and around us. And the other part of that is, is that uh, it isn't always about talking about God. It's sometimes about just helping each other, standing with each other. And one other thing that I would say is starting to serve one another, because By serving each other, we truly show that Christ has filled us so much that he's pouring out onto other people. And some of these things are starting to get lost in the church. I mean, I I know a couple of folks are listening to this right now, and uh, I'm going to make a a mention of some things. And uh, uh, this isn't about calling anybody out or anything else. But, you know, we're living in a post-COVID world, and that also means we're starting to live in a post-Christian world because Christian faith has been strong for years and years. But during COVID, we saw the rise of numerous different uh, factions of uh, anti-Christian belief systems. And the reason I call them anti, I mean, we can... you say you mean Wiccan or you mean a Satru or you mean any of those type of things. No, I'm just talking about in general anti-Christian beliefs. And right now we're seeing that even with anti-Semitic beliefs where we have entire colleges threatening to kill Jewish students. I mean, and we'll even address that here in just a few minutes. But you know, as we're living in this post-Christian world and living in this post uh, COVID world, we have a whole new thought process that needs to take place within the church. We need to not reinvent ourselves. We don't need to become better looking for the world. What we need to do is reroot ourselves in what the fundamental truths of Christianity are. And if we would just reroot ourselves in reading our Bibles and sticking to them, Take and look at the standards in which Christ had set and start living them. I mean, not out of have to, but out of yes should. And the other thing that happens along there is 
are we reflecting with our kids? Are they in control of us? When they say, I don't want to go to church, so you stop going to church because the kids don't want to go? You know what? The kids want to start demanding not to go to the church. If they ain't old enough to stay home alone, you take them anyway. And the other thing is, if they uh, they can get, they can sit in the narthex as far as that goes. That means out in the lobby for some of you, and they can sit there. But you should they should see you going to church because the minute they know that they're in control, you are no longer in control. Then you got to wonder who's the parent. Not trying to insult you, just trying to make uh, some things that I see. And the other ones is. You know, I see people where they have a tendency to drop off uh, their kids for Sunday school, but they won't come in for church themselves. And we've seen this for years in several different denominations and non-denominations to where the kids are there for uh, the fun stuff. Uh, But the parents don't come into church anymore. Uh, They're busy. They have other things going. The funny thing is, is we spend a tremendous amount of time on entertainment, but we spend very little time trying to figure out where we're going to spend eternity. Our kids ask us tough questions in this day and age, and we expect the pastor to answer the questions or the school system to answer the questions when the father and the mother should have the answers. You know, there is uh, study availability in every language to start to understand your Bible just by cracking it open. And there's study groups that go on in every church that will teach mom and dad how to teach their kids. But we've got to quit letting the pastors lead everything or the Sunday school teacher lead everything. Mom, dad, we need to be doing this stuff at home. And if I sound like I'm on a rant today, I don't really mean to be. But what I am saying is I'm looking at everything going on around me in the Christian world And I'm starting to ask, how do I go ahead and shift gears within my church that my people would become completely spiritually awakened to where their souls are awakened, where their souls, that's their mind, will, and emotion, their thoughts, their actions, their feelings are all geared towards the things they should be. And I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. If I did, I'd get it going right away. But I do know in this day and age, we've got to start praying about these things. We've got to start reevaluating. Hey, pastors that are listening, I'm going to tell you just right now, we have to take a deep breath here and reevaluate our church. And I've been talking to many pastors lately. I mean, there's been the ones that are part of non-denominational churches, ones that are part of Baptist churches, ones that are part of Pentecostal churches. Uh, Like I said, I just went to a conference and spoke to numerous uh, people in different ministries, etc., and we're all facing the same things. To Whereas how do we re-engage with the people? Because, see, in this re-engagement I'm speaking of, It means how do we reconnect the people with the simple things they need to understand and see as basic Christianity. And my question to all of us is, have we made this thing so easy? Have we made cheap grace so available to people that we are failing? And if we are, 
how do we put ourselves back on track? I mean, I do know the basic answer to that question be like, well, Bert, why don't you just get on your face and pray and let the Lord come in? But it's more than that. It's more than that. It's more than just being obedient on one end. One of the things that have to take place is we need to realize that we see a broken land and a broken nation and we see a broken world right now. And God says, if the people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear and I will heal their lands. And I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't asking for the whole world to change. He's asking for the church to change. We need to find a new way. We need to find, (laughs) I guess maybe not a new way. Maybe what we just need to do is start going back to the way and start putting ourselves forth with Jesus Christ. Start putting him back at the head of things. Start making him a priority and part of our lives. You know, if we're packing around a bunch of guilt, we're missing it. Man, if we're if we're making sure that our kids are getting into the best college, but they're not going to get into heaven, you're missing it. And I'm going to tell you, I know I'll get some kickback with some of this, and I, I know that I'll get some comments from this, some of this, that I'll get a phone call or a text or a email or something usually somebody standing next to me in church going hey you know i listened to that last show you said and you're kind of hard on us but i'm going to tell you we're living in a world right now that has given us every signal that time is drawing short i'm not calling the end of the world i'm not doing that but i'm going to tell you right now we need to start paying attention because we're closer today than we were yesterday I don't care what day you're listening to this show. Yesterday, we were further away than we are today. We're getting closer to Jesus. He's coming. I believe that with all my heart. The simple things of Christianity that you'll never shake from me. One is that Jesus Christ is returning. That his resurrection was real. That he did pay the price for us. And my only way to salvation is through him, period. He'll never change those things in me. You can set me on fire. You can do whatever you want. Not going to change things. And the more I go along and I study things, the more I, I start to discover how wrong I've been in some of my teachings and thought processes in the past, but how every time I stuck tight to the Bible, that I kept things moving right and correct because I just chased after the word of God. I have people that come into my church every day that are seeking understanding. They're seeking a better relationship with Christ. They're seeking an ability to possibly step up and say, I, I need something more because what I have is failing and it's so simple it is so simple they can just simply pray they can simply fall back on these things but you know one of the biggest things I see that needs to happen with most of them is they need a time of confession to where they can confess some of the things they've been doing they can accept responsibility for them 
but even more so is recognize that Jesus Christ has forgiven them. You know, these are some simple things. Everything I'm saying on here today is pretty simple. And some of it's just a burnt talking. But when I look at the world today and back here on October, what was it about October 7th? When I got up that morning, I told Christy something's not right. And we turned on the news and I it was, I just, it was a gut feeling you had. And when you saw what was going on with Hamas and the war in Israel, um, it suddenly became, wow, here we are at this moment of time. We have people doing horrific things to one another. There's been wars. There's been wars. There's been wars for years. There's been wars before the flood. There were wars. But the thing is, is when we are seeing this, we are seeing something different, I believe, this time. We are seeing a change in the world that is going to be, that is going to leave us marked forever, that it's going to leave us in a, in a new state of mind and a new thought process completely. That October 7th situation for Israel is their 9-11 that we had from 2001 to where their people all united very tight together and they're entering into a war that isn't going to last just a few days, obviously. It isn't like the seven-day war. It isn't like a 20-day war. This thing is going to take a minute. And as we start to take a look at that, how long that's going to last, it means it's going to cost lives, lives of civilians, lives of children. It's going to cost the lives of uh, soldiers. But what we're also seeing happen in this is a world dividing itself. Those that support Israel's right to defend itself and those that say Israel should be wiped from the face of the earth. We're also watching in churches division after division happening. We're watching shakeups in the Catholic Church right now. So a person can't help but think, are we watching the rise of the harlot? Are we watching the things that Jesus warns us about in the book of Revelations, the book of Daniel? And if, if we're in that moment, I'm going to take you back to the family situation. If we are in that moment, is making sure your kid makes it to all the sports more important than making sure they know who Jesus Christ is? Is making sure that your house is a house of Christ? You know, I've got a lot more Hebrew root in me than most people. If you've never met me, then you would know, but I still pray in a tallit. I have a mezuzah when I walk in and out of my house that I touch to my hand to the word of God and touch it to my mouth. And in the mornings, I try to make a real point of when I touch it, I not only touch it to my forehead, my mouth, and my heart because all of his stuff needs to be centered in my mind and my mouth and my heart. And there's days that it's hard. There's days it's not easy. 
But one of these days, we're going to open up those doors, and it isn't going to be just that word of God we're touching, but it is going to be God himself. Are we preparing ourselves for that? Are we preparing our churches, pastors? Are we preaching them good things, or are we preaching them the true things? Are we becoming awake in the spirit, or are we just simply going through the liturgy? When we step up and we worship, are we just singing songs we enjoy, or are we totally pouring our hearts out? When we step up to the pulpit, are you preaching to the audience, or are you just reciting what God has put inside your heart to recite? Because these things are important. These things become so important in how we worship. They become so important in how we preach. I've went to churches here in recent days. Like I said, I I don't know if I said this on here before, but I'll say it again if I did. But I told my wife, I said, hey, pay attention here. We're going into a church that I knew this church. And I said, uh, she goes, oh, I love being here. I love their music. I said, okay, that's great. Let's listen to their music. I love it too. I said, but when we get there, when when they preach, I, I just want to know at the end of their preaching, I just want to know if you hear the word of God at all. If you Do you have any Bible? Because now she's been in a liturgical church for about two and a half years. So I just wanted to see how much it had changed. And when we came out of there, she goes, he never quoted a single scripture. I mean, we got a good 40-minute conversation. Uh, I feel very encouraged, but I I don't know where that came from. Let us not be entertainers, pastors. This isn't a hack on that particular church. It's just simply, we're not here to sell a bill of goods. We're not here to entertain. What we're here to do is share the word of God to be proper priest and serve the Lord, to make sure that when we are doing our roles in, as a priest in, in giving out communion, that we give out communion in a proper manner. And then when we pray, we're not just praying, but teaching our people how to pray. When we're doing Bible studies, that we're showing them that each bit of the Bible ties itself together. And we're jumping back and forth and not just sitting in a box. We have so much to do and so far to go. When it comes to learning, when it comes to teaching, fathers, I beckon to you now that... Reestablish yourself as the spiritual head of your house. You know, prayer should happen at more than just dinner time. And when you take your kids out to go hunting, because we're in that season here, is that thanking God for the harvest is huge. And as we approach Thanksgiving, let's remember a couple of things that we were taught as kids most of the time is that we have to be thankful 
Why? Because what you have has been provided for you. It's been provided by the father and fathers and the mothers. And thank God that we have both. But let us start to lead our families down a different path. In a post-Christian world, why don't we be the freaks? Why don't we start to become the people that everybody points their fingers at and go, you know what they believe? They believe in this Jesus guy. I got to tell you what. It'll make us unusual. It'll make us weird. It'll make us separate. That we start to live by his standard. But I'd rather be separated from the world than separated from God. And I know you all know the old statement of, and this probably been said too many times, but if the world is against truth, then I am against the world. I think that's enough rambling from the old barbarian prophet. But I wanted to get back on here and tell you a couple of things that I'm not missing. And I will have my show a little more buttoned up here again in a little bit. I got to get a few people on the air. I just haven't had time. And as we approach the holidays, I'll get a few of them in town to where I can spend some time with them. But I just want to tell all of you, thanks for sticking it out with the prophet. Thank you for being part of the barbarian tribe. Man, if I've met you here in the last little while, it's funny that I I had a young lady uh, that said, hey, I recognize your voice. (laughs) Uh, This is why we don't put my picture on the on the screen too often uh, or just put up a cartoon of it, I guess. But, um, you know, I just want to say thank you. When I run into you folks that have read the book um, From the Club to the Cross, uh, your words of kindness go a long way. And uh, those of you that listen to the show that has sent me emails, etc., I just want to say thank you for tuning in every week. Thank you for the sheer fact that we're still being downloaded a couple thousand times. Uh, it is just blows me away. And... Uh, I promise you, I'll improve the show here as we continue to go. I need to get a couple of more people on. Uh, I I will probably have a reoccurring guy that keeps visiting with me, which is Mike Bingle Davis, which is MBD, because I love the guy. And one thing is, him and I have some crazy conversations about what's going on in the world, and they're kind of fun to share with other people. But the other thing is, is that we need to reach out more for a few more how I came to Jesus moments with folks. And uh, I may just bag it up and go down to the mission and spend a couple of weeks gathering some really great stories. You never know Jesus is all you got or all you need until Jesus is all you got. That would be a fact. So instead of burning up a whole hour, I'm just going to tell you, thanks for tuning in. And remember... Jesus loves you, and I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at 
The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness and the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that. As always, I'm telling you, you need to find you a good church. Support your pastors. Pray for them. Brag about them a little bit. Invite other people to church. And more than more than look like a Christian, why don't you just start being one? world needs more people just like you. And I'm blessed by you. See you next time on The Barbarian Prophet.